Hey everybody, this is John Maroon. Welcome to Spin is a Four-Letter Word, the Maroon PR podcast, all things PR and marketing. Joining me as usual is Matt Williams. Hey Matt. John, how are you? Brittany Everett, our silent but deadly producer, waving her hands wildly, doing her thing. Um, today we're talking to a friend and a client, Tom Pierce, who's the executive director of the Classic Five Golf Courses, which are the five Baltimore City-owned golf courses Really unique model. We've been working with Tom and helping them market their courses for years and years and years. And it's such an interesting model, Matt, uh, in that, you know, there's just not many of these places around the country where their cities are running courses. And he talks a little bit about all they bring to the table in addition to golf. Yeah, it's really cool. That the, the business model is really cool. It really speaks to the point of these courses becoming self-sufficient, meaning that they, what they make they put back into the courses and the city doesn't have to do that and it and it's a really cool model and and i'm surprised actually that it's not adopted more around the country but we'll talk about that a little bit i think well i agree and i think the one thing that you don't always think about is golf courses encompass a lot of land and beautiful land and green space and park space and cities like baltimore and other large cities don't have a lot of that. And this provides the citizens that as well. So um, it, it's, it's great for the environment. It's uh, it's great recreationally. Um, and it's uh, it's just a, a we're, we're fortunate to have a very unique model here in Baltimore that hopefully other cities will catch on and, and maybe start to do. So without further ado, Tom Pierce, Classic 5 Golf. Tom, thank you for joining us. No, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on with you guys. Yeah, thank you. And before we jump into some questions and talk all things golf, uh, tell us a little bit about Classic 5 Golf. Tell tell everybody what are the Classic 5 Golf courses, what is the origin behind the organization? Sure. Uh, the courses are the, the Baltimore City Golf Courses, so that makes up Carroll Park, Clifton Park, Forest Park, Mount Pleasant, and Pine Ridge. While Pine Ridge is in Baltimore County, Baltimore City does own the land around the reservoir, Lock Raven. So that is a city property in Baltimore County. Um, the city's golf courses from the beginning when they were developed were run by Baltimore City, I think by Rec and Parks. Um, but when William Donald Schaefer was mayor in the early 80s, um, wanted to have the golf courses being self-sufficient, wanted them to not be part of the the city system so that way they could be self-sufficient meaning they have all the money that was generated from the golf courses went back into it he formed a commission um they looked at many uh different ways to run the golf courses um and then came up with the commission created us which is a we're a 501c3 the baltimore municipal golf corporation uh back in 1984 started operations in 1985 been running the courses ever since and the courses have some amazing history, don't they? I mean, Arnold Palmer won, I think, his second tournament at a Classic Five golf course. Nancy Lopez, I think, uh, one of the courses broke the color barrier here in Baltimore. Talk a little bit about the history, the rich history of Classic Five. Sure. Uh, well, actually, Arnold won his second U.S. event mm-hmm. at Mount Pleasant, uh, the Eastern Open. The Eastern Open was a PGA Tour event that was – Held at Mount Pleasant uh, during the 50s, played a couple of years in the early 60s at Pine Ridge, and then got moved uh, from the courses. Nancy Lopez won, I think, the Lady Carling Open uh, in the 80s at, at Pine Ridge. Um, so, yes, there's history and definitely some PGA events and LPGA events at the courses. Um, one piece of history that many people probably don't know, that Carroll Park, the nine-hole course over in southwest uh, Baltimore City, 
was the location where a a group of golfers called the Monumental Golf Club uh, fought the segregation of the golf courses back in the 30s. Um, the city's courses, like many of the city's public, uh, like the swimming pools and public um, venues, they were segregated. And Carroll Park was one of the courses that was but the African Americans were allowed to play, and they fought that, and they fought the city, um, and finally into I think it was into the 40s that they actually broke the barrier that all city golf courses were desegregated, and then that spurned the desegregation of the swimming pools and other Baltimore City-run public venues. So um, those those people back in Little Carroll Park, as we say little because of the nine-hole course, was actually they they spurned the fight to to desegregate Baltimore City. That is amazing, and you know I think uh, we we celebrated that in a pretty significant way last year. Um, and you know so when you go out there and you take in a round of golf at one of these really cool courses, just realize all the history that's surrounding it. I don't it, it's it's cool to keep top of mind. Golf is steeped in history, and Baltimore's Classic Five golf courses are no exception. Tom, I was I was reading some interesting stats earlier, um, and I think part of it was COVID related. Part of it's just the popularity of the sport keeps growing. That you know, about twenty five million people played golf in the United States in twenty twenty, which was up more than two percent year over year, and the largest increase in seventeen years. And then. I think it was in July of 2021, rounds of golf were up 16.1% from the year previous. So you're seeing a lot more people discover the game. Um, Are you guys experiencing that? And what's been the impact on the business? Yes, we've been seeing that also. Um, One one thing to point out is that these numbers, while they've increased over the recent, back in 2000. Um, eight and actually, I think it was 2007 that you had 30 million golfers nationally. Actually, golf had a waned for about 10 years, and then right before COVID, golf started to rebound. But we've seen that growth also. Um, we've seen many more people coming into the game. Our our training activities, our instructional work through our Baltimore Golf Academy has seen large numbers of people, not just young, the youth juniors we've seen many adults wanting to learn the game get back into the game of golf so we've seen a tremendous growth over the past two years what is it that municipal golf courses bring to the game i mean you know some of it sounds obvious like the you know i'm sure the cost to play at a municipal golf course in in general is probably less than 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 other private courses but what what is it about municipal golf that is so important to to cities and to and to communities well, it's, there's many facets to it. One, not only allowing anyone that wants to learn the game and play the game of golf to play. They don't have to be a member, join a country club, uh, or join any type of club where they have you know have to pay dues. That this way, as they they pay as they go, so uh, they the fees are less, but they can they can afford. It makes golf affordable, and it's open to anyone that wants to play. There's no restrictions, so that way it allows anybody wanting to get in the game to do it. But also in urban areas like Baltimore City, um, it provides green space. We take it very seriously that we're the stewards of the the parkland. I mean, the four courses in Baltimore City that we run are on parkland. And we take that seriously um, of what we do with that property because it's green space in an urban area and it's very important. Um, Over the past couple of years, we've had thousands of trees planted um, 
at the at the all five golf courses. In fact, we're working with the Baltimore Tree Trust right now, and by the end of next year, we might. They think the number is going to be about two thousand trees at Forest Park alone will be planted. Wow, that's really cool. I, Tom, talk a little bit about um, what you've seen over the years in terms of the diversity of of people playing golf. I mean, it's certainly still a slower growth in that area, but recently you've seen, you know, more diverse group, more women for sure. It seems like more kids are starting to get into it at a younger age. I mean, when I was a kid, it was an old man's sport, and that's changed dramatically. It was kind of the tiger effect. So what, tell us about what you've seen over all these years you've been with, with Classic 5 Golf. Oh, definitely. I think, well, I think being in a municipal and in a public golf course, you, you have a you have more diversity than as a country club anyway, but we've definitely seen it. We've definitely seen that, that, um, as we, we were very proud that we get all age groups, we all get all races, we get everybody and we're open to everybody. So that way, anyone wanting to play the game, um, or learn the game that that's something that, that our golf courses and what we take pride in our, in the municipal golf courses that you see, um, that is something that we are seeing. I think we, you, like businesses, we become a microcosm of the community. I mean, the five golf courses are spread around Baltimore City, and you tend to get people, you know, they, they go to the course that tends to be closer unless they have one that's their favorite that they prefer over the others just by the layout of the course. But we, we are, and we, we mirror the city and the metro area of what we have at diversity, and again, with ages, um, and then also with the junior programs, our junior camps, we, we partner with the first tee. Um, it's great that we're, we're able to bring the game to people that normally might not have that ability or even think about that the game of golf tom how uh, your organization seems to me anyway as a layman just did that it's a unique organization are there others like you um and then the second part of that is managers of municipal golf do you trade ideas do you do you get together and 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 talk about what's working what's not working and trends and that's that kind of thing um, we think we believe we were the first uh, for municipal that was put into this. We understand there's a couple around the country um, that that work like us. Many of the other municipalities either run the golf course themselves or they hire a company to run the courses for them. Um, there is a uh, an, a group that does get together um, that uh, they've had it. We had it. There was a um, meetings last year, but actually I had to do it virtually because of COVID. Um, just about municipal golf, one challenge we have that we're sharing ideas that many of the, the things that the municipal golf courses talk about is, you know, the budgeting and how to make sure you don't have budget less, that that's not something because we are self-sufficient. We all, our budget's based on what we generated. Yeah. Uh, if we didn't generate as much the year before, we have less to spend on maintenance, on things to improvements uh, to do with the course. I mean, we have numerous improvements because, as I was saying earlier, golf was down from about for about 10 years, from about 2007, 2008 to about 2018. So there were many improvements, updates to the courses that we weren't able to do because there was less revenue coming in. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's an interesting segue. Um, by the way, we're talking with Tom Pierce. He's the executive director of Classic 5 Golf, the Baltimore City-owned golf courses. Classic5golf.com to learn more, book a tee time, all that good stuff. Tom, talk a little bit about that because when your municipal golf courses and budgets are, are the issue, how do you guys make a decision on prioritizing those improvements you mentioned, You know, whether it's 
bunkers or new tee boxes or greens or I know more recently on your practice area at Pine Ridge, you had a top tracer, which is super cool. So, like, how are those decisions made versus, you know, some of these country club courses that have more uh, unlimited funds and can do it all at once? Well, what we looked at is what's going to have the most impact for the golfers in the course. Um, a few years ago, uh, we initially looked at the amount of trees because tree maintenance, tree you know removal of dead trees, is very expensive. But what that means to the overall um, agronomics of the golf course. Um, a couple of years ago, there was an ash borer that killed basically all the ash trees in Baltimore City, and we had a couple, we had hundreds on our golf courses. That looking at what what's going to affect the golf course the most, and also the play for the the experience of the golfer. So we did that, and then we look at cart paths. Granted, cart path repair is very expensive. So we we as a team look at what areas of of all the golf courses and see what is the most needed, um, and do that with other all of any kind of repairs of what is the most needed when they're large repairs, large dollar ticket items, I should say. Um, and with what we did at Pine Ridge with Top Tree, so that was a way we we're looking to generate more revenue for people coming in. Pine Ridge is probably the most popular driving range and golf course in the metro area for public. Um, but what we can do is hopefully generate more revenue. That way we can put it into all our courses. Um, because one of the things that we do is we look at our, it all goes in that same pot or pool of money and we look at what repairs we need to do. Um, in fact, the next things that we're looking at in as we get into the fall, more car path repairs. And I think our next ones are at Mount Pleasant and Clifton because um, we all deem that those are the most needed areas. Tom, could you two things, two parts here. Could you Tell us a little bit more in depth on what Top Tracer is and why it's cool to bring it to to your golf course. And then, secondly, could you kind of give a like a a broad a look at what you think the future is for municipal golf and um, you know not not just here here certainly but uh, nationwide. Sure, uh, Top Tracer is the, the program. If anybody watches any of the PGA events when they talk about Top Tracer. In the PG events, it traces the shot of the golfers, mainly the tee shots that they, they put the technology on. What we have is we have cameras at the range, and with the monitors that people have, they can actually utilize that to not only trace their shots, but also see the apex, the height of it, whether it's going right, whether it's left, the ball speed, the speed of the ball, how they're hitting it, and also knows shows where the ball lands, where it ends up. So that way, if someone's working on their their uh, game on certain clubs, whether it's wedge, sand wedge, you know, seven iron, or even up to driver of just how they're hitting the ball, where they're placing it. Um, there's also games on it, so that way you can work on these skill sets and play games and make it fun. Um, one of the things we've seen people since we started doing it is the virtual golf. You can play courses like St. Andrews that just had the British Open um, and Piners Number 2, and not just a generic, but you can play from the back tees and see what it's like to what the PGA professionals are going forward. You can't putt, but you can get that similar experience and you get to see the ball fly. Um, and in trying to make it again, golf is one of the things we focus on is golf should be fun. Um, and bringing enjoyment and fun to it. And we see Top Tracer doing that. And again, bring more people that are your casual golfers or people that maybe don't have time to play a full 18 holes or even nine holes. They don't have two hours or four hours to play. You can play Pebble Beach in a little less than an hour um, if you wanted to and enjoy that. But then also it's got that aspect of 
improving your game, enjoying yourself um, built in. So we're, we're very excited about the whole um, aspect that Top Chaser brings. With the PGA Tour, um, you know, increasing in popularity, and now you have the emergence of live golf, and there just seems to be a lot of buzz around the professional golf. We, we meaning Baltimore, hosted the BMW Championship at Caves Valley last year. Does all of that, like, do you see a palpable feeding into uh, your phone ringing more, your tee sheets filling up more, or is it just more kind of, hey, you know, that doesn't necessarily impact us and and our business per se but it is you know creates creates excitement like do you see a change in in traffic to your courses when there's a little more excitement around the professional end of the game um yes i think so i mean we're still the the major factor of our courses is the weather um when the weather is good and there is a palpable and a positive buzz about golf. Um, there is the Tiger effect. We felt it early when Tiger first came, and then when he came back, we definitely felt the Tiger effect. Um, so, yes, I think it does have that. Last year, I think we saw a nice boost because the BMW being in the market and people talking about golf, wanting to get into golf, seeing the, you know, what the game can bring and the enjoyment that people have, um, yeah, we think it definitely helps us. But still, Mother Nature is our, our number one. Um, she determines how things go in the golf business. Yeah, I think the other thing I, th- I think is really cool is that each one of the Classic 5 golf courses, like most courses, have a PGA professional on-site teaching, you know, kind of leading the efforts and, you know, People don't always fully grasp the fact that, you know, they can go to their local course, they can learn the game, they can take a lesson. You guys have, you know, first tee programs going on. You have uh, Dave and other pros teaching uh, at your courses. Just talk a little bit about, hey, if you want to, if you're a beginner, this is a good place to not be intimidated and to be taught by a real pro. Yes, oh, definitely. Um, depending on where you live, uh, if you go to BaltimoreGolfAcademy.com, you can look at the different programs, whether you're an adult or for your children to, to get into it. Um, that a lot of that is, their programs are based at Pine Ridge because that's our only full flight driving range. Um, but any of the courses, uh, people can go to our website, look at the find the phone numbers of each of the courses, ask them to talk with the the, the professional there and schedule lessons. Uh, see what other activities there are to get into the game. Um, but having those people that are the the stewards of the game, the trained professionals, not only on rules, but also instruction, teaching people how to swing, how to play the game so they can get the most enjoyment. And Tommy talked a little bit earlier about being so weather dependent like all golf is. But um, for you guys, have you seen, we've had some drastic weather this spring, it feels like, and just recently some really bad storms swept through your area. Um, how challenging has that been for your grounds crew to really kind of get the course in real playing shape and looking good and trim and removal and whatnot? Talk a little bit about those unique challenges that seem to have been more frequently lately. Yes. Um, well, it actually, last week, that storm on July 12th, that really affected Pine Ridge. We have numerous trees down um, that when the storm ended, our maintenance crew kicked into gear. Um, It was probably about 6 o'clock that evening until they worked until I think we were able to actually open the course at 9 a.m. We had tea time starting at 5.30. We weren't able to do that, but they were able to get the course playable. Luckily, we had no trees on any greens or tees. They're in the rough and able to move down trees on the entrance road. 
Um, and now we're working with a, a tree company to do removal of any down trees, every any leaning trees, things of that nature. But with storms like that, when you get those high winds, um, trees and, and wooded areas on golf courses in our part of the world is common. And that, that does become a challenge just to get the golf course back in operational um, as quickly as possible because people want to play. And, and it always just seems after a storm, the weather is always nice for the next couple of days and people want to play. Um, so that, that is a extreme challenge. And our crews were, were tremendous of what they did just to get the golf course open the next day at 9 a.m. And Tom, before we let you go, talk, tell us just a little bit like what's next for Classic 5? What's next for your golf courses? You're, you guys always seem like you have an eye on the future, an eye on improvements, an eye on uh, ex- making the experience great for people who visit your courses. What, what do you got in the plans for the future? Well, one of the things that we're adding on, I'll say it this way, adding on with Top Tracer, uh, in August we have a food trailer that's coming to Pine Ridge. Um, also, um, that way that people can enjoy food. We're redoing the area of seating. We'll also have tables, chairs, umbrellas um, that people can sit and actually get food at the driving range. So if they want to come and test Top Tracer, play some of the games, work on their game, they have that. We also are having a, um, since we don't have uh, septic out there, that we're having a bathroom trailer um, also. So that way we'll have the full facility that people can utilize to get you know, they can totally enjoy themselves. Um, also, we're working on the golf course. As I said that there's numerous things that we weren't able to do, um, getting car pass, working on um, what we can do at the courses to improve. One of the things we were doing at Forest Park, we received a grant from the National Fish and Wildlife. We get large amounts of water runoff from the neighborhood. Forest Park, the course where Hillsdale comes through, is basically a bowl and from the neighborhoods get large runoff through the golf course and does damage to the course. But it also puts water that we don't know where it started, what it's run through, and runs right into the Gwynn's Falls. We're working on a master plan with this grant to figure out how we can contain that water, how we can, what we can do to it before it goes into the Gwynn's Falls and also protect the golf course. Um, once we're completed with that, we're probably going to move on to Mount Pleasant and do a similar thing, not only to make the golfing experience the best, but also as I said earlier, being stewards of this parkland, how do we maintain this property the best we can be and be as environmentally sound as possible? These are really great oases in, in Baltimore City. And, you know, if you haven't been to a Classic 5 golf course for a round of golf or to hit some balls, visit it. You're going to be pleasantly surprised. Check out Classic5Golf.com. Follow them on social. Uh, they're doing some really great things, and we're lucky to have them in our city. Tom Pierce, Executive Director of Class 5 Golf, thank you so much for joining us on Spin is a Four-Letter Word. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks, it was Tom. a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Spin is a Four-Letter Word. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe. Send us your feedback, too. We want this to be interesting for everybody. And give us a follow, at Maroon PR on Twitter and LinkedIn.